Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Number one. 
one night. With $1 million on the line. These all-stars aren't racing for titles. They're racing for cash. NASCAR Racing is back. The 35th NASCAR Monster Energy All-Star Race. Saturday night, May 18th. The All-Star Race experience includes free concerts by H.A.R. and Hairball. Tickets start at just $39 and kids' tickets are just $10. Experience it for yourself at Charlotte Motor Speedway. Get your tickets today. Call 800-455-FANS. Memorial Day weekend is a time for remembrance and honor. And this Memorial Day weekend, we'll salute our troops like no one else. At the Coca-Cola 600, Sunday, May 27th, the most patriotic day in racing starts with an amazing pre-race concert by country superstars, the Eli Young Band. Another line in the storied history of America's home for racing, Charlotte Motor Speedway. The Coca-Cola 600, Sunday, Memorial Day weekend in Charlotte. There's nothing like it. This is NASCAR driver Brad Keselowski, and you're listening to the Pit Stop Radio. Good evening from Dega Nation. I'm Tim Despain, alongside the SpeedweekDigest.com's Mr. Stephen Wilson, and my darling wife, Suzanne Despain. i got to start mentioning her. She's managing the phone. Stephen, how you doing tonight, brother? I'm doing pretty good, every stuff. Doing, uh, doing pretty good. Uh, you know, uh, you've probably seen the title of this show. We're going we're gonna to dedicate this, this one to... Uh, a good friend, Roger Haynes. We were fortunate enough to have Roger on our on our show. I think it was last year. You know, to let our listeners know, he's the one that drives the iconic uh, John Ray trucking rig. Well, I call it a condo because I'm sure you've seen the picture of it. It looks like a a condo in the back with that a sleeper. But uh, Roger lost his life uh, late late Saturday evening. He's been battling pancreatic cancer, and uh, it sort of tears me up because I lost my dad. At, about a week or so ago also and uh i just want to let uh the nascar family know amanda and uh my my good friend mandy roger's wife and uh the whole Haynes family that that we're thinking about them in this time of sorrow so even if i can can i have a little moment of silence Thank you. And, uh, Stephen, also we lost, in the NASCAR family also, we lost Mike Mittler, didn't we? I mean, that was, which Mike been battling cancer also, had his brother. Yeah, Mike Mittler was one of the original truck series owners back when this thing started. Um, before it was even really the truck series, it was the super truck series, and they raced out on the West Coast and other places like that. And, uh, you know, he had been in the sport uh, had been in that series fielding cars or trucks for the drivers that we know today giving them opportunities that no other uh, truck series teams were doing at the time and he brought people like Carl Edwards into the sport who famously carried around business cards and handed them to team owners and that's how Carl got into a truck uh, Justin Allgaier um, who's now in the Xfinity Series, Jamie McMurray, um, who had a career at Chip Ganassi Racing and is now an analyst on Fox. Um, Garrett Smithley is another one. Uh, there's, there's a ton of drivers that are in that garage today and in cars today thanks to Mike Mittler and what he did to bring unknown or unproven talent into the sport, develop them, and many of them went to racing in some of the highest uh, series in NASCAR. Uh, some of them have won some of the biggest races 
a long time. And uh, without his dedication and support to that, um, it's hard to say how some of these drivers or what some of these drivers um, would have done and where they would be today. And if we can't see, let's have a moment, moment of silence there for Mike Miller, just like you mentioned. He was an iconic name in the sport, and he will be dearly missed. Thank you, Stephen. And I want to tell a, I want to tell a little quick little story. I think you probably remember Roger whenever Roger came on the uh, the show. Uh, he, like I mentioned, he drove the he drove the iconic uh, John Ray Truffin there with the American flag on it. And he always started coming coming from uh, Turn Three over there at Old Gate Nine, and now we've got the new oversized tunnel right there. He told me, and I did not. This never even crossed my mind, Stephen. He was talking about. Different people sing the national anthem, sing it different. And he is wired to NASCAR, and they would tell him to either speed up or slow down. And the timing of that for him getting there to the start-finish line with a flyover or either in the travel with a flyover, it's just I did not think nothing about timing like that. Even this, that's a big accomplishment. Roger, Roger said that that was really neat. Yeah, that's something that um, has been discussed a couple different times this year that people don't realize that the timing of these, how these flyovers or how these performances are. Um, when these flyovers are performed, there's usually somebody on top of the towers that's both wired in, just like you said, and they're doing the same thing with the flyovers. They're keeping with the tempo, and while they've made test runs against you know, the track for timing reasons, they still have spotters that are wired in both to the timing of NASCAR, to the production team that is putting this on, who's using JG, and uh, others that are around the track. And they all coordinate this to, to try and be as close to possible, um, you know, right there at the end. So, yeah, there's a lot of work that goes into this. There's a lot of unnamed people that are in the sport that you don't know their names, you don't know what they do. Most people have never even heard of them or, or, or um, you know, never even think of them and some of the things that they do. But, you know, those are just some of the things that this sport, um, people in this sport do, um, both on the production side and the NASCAR side, to do the pre-race every single week. And this is done you know, 38 weeks out of the year. Uh, and these usually are the same production teams that are going out. There's usually two different... TV partners that they're working with, so they got to deal with TV, uh, radio. They got to deal with uh, multiple different entities to make sure this thing goes off correctly. That's right, Stephen. It'd be sort of like you're behind the scenes heroes. But uh, anyway, let everybody know the number to call is two one five three eight three thirty six thirty one. Again, I'm Tim with Spain. Just uh, where the crow flies, I'm about eight miles south of this two point six six mile box. We call Talladega Super Speedway, and Stephen is in. Uh, the Speedway Digest headquarters there, speedwaydigest.com, just right outside of Riston. And, Stephen, uh, so let everyone know we've got uh, Ross Chastain's going to be joining us after his uh, first NASCAR, I shouldn't say camping world, NASCAR Candor Outdoors Truck Series. He's going to be coming on here in about eight minutes, and we're going to get him. But, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, let's play a little bit of the, I've got some of the audio from the media center there at, uh, at Kansas where Ross won uh the uh, 19th running of the annual digital ally 250 there at Kansas. Let's listen to a little bit about what Ross had to say. Team Mellon.
Did anything happen tonight? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, as you can see, we are joined by tonight's race winner, uh, driver of the number 45 True North Paul Jr. Design Chevrolet Ross Chastain, along with crew chief Bill Gold and owner Al Nice. We'll open up for questions. Uh, please raise your hand and we'll bring a mic your way, state uh, name and affiliation. Before your questions, we'll start with Jerry. Jerry Jordan King, the tire sign at Ross. I think I know the answer to this, but talk about uh, your emotions and what's going through your head right now with this uh, win. <laughs> oh, it, excitement, tears. I choked up in part of the interview out there in Victory Lane. Um, blue tires out on it, doing my burnout. Did a little better this time than last time. So, yeah. Um, and this stuff is so hard to do. Like, we all know it, but until you go through it, um, and, and just, I mean, it's just, it's what American or sports in the world is all about, like comebacks and, and underdogs. And I've been called an underdog my whole career and I'm tired of that. Uh, I get so sick of hearing that. I, I know they mean well when they say it, but man, um, I just want to win. Um, uh, and that's why I race everything I can. And this is, uh, <laughs> this is so awesome. We're finding one. I don't know. Somehow it went missing. So, um, we're going to, I'm going to go bust one on the track tonight. It's tradition. I'll find one. And uh, there'll be videos of it. Hey, Chris. <laughs> At ChrisNightCatchMens.com, Ross, you know, you've been preaching all along that everything happens for a reason. And in the dark days that you went through, is this tonight, seeing how it happened, your emotion, everything that you've been given an opportunity since then, does that make it all worth it? I don't know what's worth it or not. I just know that, that I, I really, I, I've, it's what I've wanted since I was 12 years old, since I started racing. I wanted to be a race car driver and I wanted to be successful and be competitive. And once I won my first race at 14 years old, I, that's all I wanted to do. Um, and I didn't win a lot growing up, but I, I won probably 50 races. And then I get the NASCAR and I realized day one, practice one at IRP in 2011, like how hard this was going to be uh, because I was the slowest truck there in my first time. And we went on to finish 10th that night. And it was, uh, you know, just so much learning. And in, in this, this is what I know open wheel is a different thing with Indy and, and F1, but this is what every every person in America that's a race car driver is working towards. Um, these two guys were racers. Like, like he drove sprint cars. Like he wanted to be a race car driver, and 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 so from us to be successful together as a group, uh, and, and them stick by me through through December and January, and I was like, no, we're going racing. I want you to claim points, and I like, ah. Oh. Um, we didn't do that, man. We won. Like it all works out for a reason. Like if you know, you don't know how else it would have worked out. But um, I wouldn't trade anything for this win uh, because of what we have all been through. And and it hasn't always been easy for Al and this team and Phil. And uh, I've raced against Phil for three years uh, in the Xfinity Series and, and never really even knew him. I mean, we knew of each other, and he probably cussed me a few times. But racing his car too hard. But um, I just want to race, and I just want to be successful. Al, could you talk about what this mean this win does to you? Your team is has sometimes been called an underfunded team, a, a team that doesn't have you know the components that they felt like that you guys could get to victory lane, and then boom, you put Ross in the Chastain, and you guys are unbeatable in, in a sense. Well, no, that's 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 the uh, that's the glamorous version, but it's what Al and Cody Efall did after we ran our they ran two full trucks all year last year, and I ran a third one three in three races, and then um, over the off season. Um, you know, Justin retired, um, and that was really cool to work with him at the end of the year, and Austin moved on and, and wished the best for all them, but it was kind of a clean slate, and uh, Cody realized, he, you know, he wanted to, to step back, or he wanted to run the team, and he brought in Phil, his old Roush buddy. They've been Roush cronies for 25 years. No, you're not that old, but 
Uh, no, it's um, Phil. He he was like, I'm telling you, Phil Gould is the guy. He is the guy. Then Lonnie Rush comes in from Pratt with uh, with Chevy, and um, or Kaz or whatever the business is called. But he comes in from Chevy, gives us Lonnie Rush, and um, the team is like the dream team. I mean, it's it's like we're all. I feel like we were all a bunch of misfits because we all kind of left, got pushed. We didn't leave. We got pushed out of somewhere else to end up here. And, uh, man, it was just lined up like stars line, God's good. And, and um, we've been talking like we could win. We took this truck to Texas and thought we were going to lap the field, and we didn't. Uh, we had big issues with the truck, and they got them fixed. And uh, we've been sideways all day today. Obviously, it was loose on that last run, um, the last longer run when I was running second. And then I about wrecked. And then we fire off on the final restart, and it's tight. And I'm like, well, thank goodness, but now I can't pass Stewie, so... Um, that's that's just I don't know why it worked out and why he ran out of gas, but I'm glad that 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 laid, got laid out for us. Go to Lee next, then Brian, then Bob. It's Lee Spencer, RacingBoys.com. I've got two questions. First of all, Ross, what's going through your mind when you see the 52? You know, give that little shake, and, and you know, because I'm sure Phil's telling you that he's in a precarious situation with fuel. But when he finally just starts dropping back like a rock, what's going through your mind? Well, he said it when when the caution came out and we were fourth, I guess. Uh, he said the or, or when the sec, second third took each other out. He said the 52 took two tires and he's low on fuel. He, he he's low. He didn't say he wasn't gonna make it by three laps or whatever. But um, I had I honestly forgot all about the fuel. I just knew I got so tight. I was just trying not to knock the fence down with the right front. Where the previous run, I was trying not to knock the fence down with the right rear. So I don't know why it swung like it did, but I'm happy it did. Uh, but yeah, no. Uh, Rocky, our spotter, was actually the one talking when it happened. He was already keyed up when the 52 sputtered, and he just kept talking and he kept getting higher and higher and higher voice level. And um, then he just started saying, "Don't mess up," because that's the only reason we were going to give it away. And was it you that came over the radio and said you told us that if you came here you would win for us? I didn't. They won't. They cut my radio off. I can't, they won't let me talk to him anymore. So I, I didn't say anything on the radio. He was he was you, busy celebrating. Was that you, Phil? No, it wasn't me. Oh, okay. What did they, they say? Somebody said you promised if you came oh. and, and raced for us you would yeah. win. Yeah, Rocky. That was a spotter. Yeah, because. Uh, over the, I don't know when Rocky came on. I ran a race or two for him maybe last year, and then I think Rocky came on and did one of the last few races we did together last year. And um, he kind of asked what I thought. I was like, we, we'll, we'll win. Like we will. Like, and and it was a hard sell um, to everybody on my team. I mean, I, I call it my team. It's it's outside of Nice. It's it's CGR. It's Chevrolet. It's it's Premium. It's Johnny Davis. It's Colleague. It's Nutrient Ag Solutions. It's it's so many people. And so many people were against me running all these races because, I mean, you're going to get tired. Like, after the Dover truck race last week, I was so tired. I was more tired then than I was after the Xfinity or the Cup race. Trucks were, My truck was, was that hard to drive last week. So they were worried I would get tired. Um, luckily, I don't feel like I have. I feel like I, I'm, I still have so far to go as a race car driver. Um, but yeah, it's uh, I, I knew we could win, and I just had to push through the off season because I got a lot of I got a lot of flight. Yeah, now I can take this back, show them that I we were well, I could see the light. I just wanted to I had to prove it. Brian and then Bob. Briar Star Speed, Speedway Media. So would you say this would kind of be your like biggest win of your career yet? And then so how does that kind of impact your season moving forward? Every win's huge. These guys, I mean, this is mine and Al's first truck series win. You've never won a truck series? Xfinity? Um, 
uh, one Xfinity. One Xfinity. So we've each won an Xfinity race. I mean, you can't rank one again above the other. I mean, it's um, it is it is so hard to win a NASCAR. Like, I I know Kyle Busch is one winning whatever 200. Like that is incredible. I've won two NASCAR races now. Like, I am like I can't even put it into words. I know Kyle like whatever he gets up here and he's he's mopey. Oh, I only won. I only want a truck race, but, like, this means so much to all of us, and there's so many people in the world that are working towards this goal, um, and I know that because we've all went through it, and I've went through it. Um, so, yeah, I don't rank one above the other. Um, they all have their place, and, and I, you know, this only fuels us to win more. Bob? I tell you, when that was Ross Chastain in the Midwest Center there, actually, he won the 19th running of the uh, annual Digital Ally 250, and we got him on. Let's bring on a uh, winner. Driver of the number 46 truck there for Nice Motorsports in the NASCAR Camp World Truck Series. Spring Ross Chastain in the pit stop. Tim Spain Stephen Wilson. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the main event. Ross Chastain got him a win in the truck series. Got his first win in the series series, and uh, my good friend Scott Rebus was there with a watermelon. He went there and he found a watermelon, Ross. What? what no, we yeah, Scott got us a watermelon, and uh, we couldn't find one this weekend. We, we were uh, getting a little superstitious. We've had one every race this year, and thought we might be hurting ourselves by having it ready, and uh, so we didn't get one, and, and Darn it if we didn't win. Ross, congratulations for you and Nice Motorsports and the whole team there. Just talk a little bit about about the, the race. You uh you finished in the uh in the top five uh, uh after uh after stage one you was uh you finished uh, fourth and fourth and then you come back and won the race and uh Stuart Friesen was having uh fuel issues and he run out of fuel did you did you think you had the truck to catch Stewart there, uh, Ross? Or I mean, I hate to say this, are you, are you saying he's glad, glad, glad he run out of fuel? Well, oh, I'm definitely glad. I'll I'll take a win, however we can get it. Um, yeah, I mean, we all came down for our our final uh, pit stop under Green in the final stage, and we had ran fourth all night, like you said, and and just couldn't we we couldn't quite keep up with Stewart or Brett. Uh, but what was close with Grant is whichever one of us would get ahead of each other, and, and Grant kept cycling out somehow up up front, and he'd had clean air, and I'd come out fourth, and by the time the run was over, we might swap spots. But, um, you know, uh, we came down for our final pit stop, and, and uh, Stewart, he um, he pitted and, and just made a mistake and left early and, and didn't get enough fuel in it and um, had a big lead but wasn't going to make it on fuel, and then, uh, Brett and and uh, Grant wrecked each other, um, and I saw that that happen, and and that put us in second. And then racing with Stewart there at the end, I just I could get alongside him, but I couldn't quite complete the pass and got really tight behind him. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's all about execution. Uh, you can't make any mistakes, uh, especially in the late in the races in in NASCAR anymore. You 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 can't get back through the field. The competition is is too stiff. So. 
even saw Grant. He um, he had a flat left rear from the the contact with Brett, and they just changed, I guess, lefts or maybe just the left rear. And he re- I restarted fifth on the final restart. I think he restarted seventh or ninth, and and I never saw him again. You know, just that being in a little bit dirtier air, it just affected his truck enough where he couldn't get back up there. Even though he had a truck, it's just as capable as, uh, as mine. So it's um it's all about execution and minimizing mistakes. And I have made more than my fair share. Um, and I made a lot in the race Friday night. But when it counted, we uh, we didn't make any more. That's right, brother. And Ross, you qualified outside of row three. You qualified sixth. Uh, uh, you at a speed of one seventy six point six four four. Was the outside groove better, or was the inside groove better for your uh, for your Chevrolet? Definitely the outside. Yeah, I, I uh, was able to get second on the first lap by running the top, and um, and basically stayed up there all night on restarts. After uh, we put a set of tires on it the first time, I realized I could run the bottom for a little while and did it at the end. But um, after about three or four laps after a restart, I had to be up top and to keep my momentum up and made the best lap time up there. So um, felt like I was really uh, actually being productive running up top. Most of the time I feel fast, but I'm not, not making good lap time. I'm not being clean with my driving inputs, but um, felt really good about everything I did in the cup car and the truck. Um, you know, and it, it just, it just definitely all worked out Friday night. But yeah, I definitely need to be around the, the top. I didn't run against the fence. Nobody really did Friday night. Um, I wish I would have. I wish I'd have pushed the issue and went up there, but we got the win either way, and happy for it. And Ross, my final question before I hand you over to uh, com is Mr. Stephen Wilson. That win you got last year in the Xfinity car there with uh, Chip and Asher Racing, and now this win with Nice Motorsports. I know you can't compare one, uh, I'm going to say apples to oranges because you're a watermelon guy, but just how uh, – which one was more special? I know both of them was really great, but did something stick out in either one? No, I'd, I'd call it more like a seeded or a seedless watermelon. They're, they both have their differences, but they're both staying good. And, um, no, I mean I, I'd say with the Xfinity win, we were I expected to win. We we that was the only reason Chip Ganassi puts an Xfinity car on the track is to win and Kyle Larson gets in it and wins every other race. So I expected to as well. And, and we did, and it was great. Um, I also had, um, you know, a lot of, we had a lot of plans together to run, um, the 2019 season together. And I thought we're going to rattle off, you know, half dozen wins, if not more. Um, so I was preparing for that. So I, I enjoyed it, but I didn't celebrate it. Um, I like I should have, uh, because then it was all taken away there in the middle of December. So coming into this season, um, you know, I, I took some time to think about and to go through what I wanted to do um, with my career, and uh, I want to make a go at this. I want to I want to make it happen. I want to want to give it everything I've got. I feel like there's still a reason for me to be here in NASCAR, and whether that's racing on track or that's up here in New York. I'm up in Buffalo right now uh, today and tomorrow doing. Uh, some safe driving messaging with some different high schools for our Protect Your Melon campaign with the, the Governor's Traffic Safety Committee here in New York. And if I can just save, you know, one life or just help somebody get through a car a car crash that uh, that, that wears their seatbelt that wouldn't have before, it's all worth it. Um, but back to the racing, it's 
I once we won Friday night, uh, I ran the cup race Saturday, but we celebrated the win. It was uh, it was really neat to to um, just hang out with some friends. I'll get home as soon as I can to celebrate back home, but um, just really really soak in the moment, not knowing if another one's coming. I mean, we Nice Motorsports is going to Charlotte this Friday night, expecting to win. We're preparing a truck that's capable of it but you just don't know what'll happen i might make a mistake we might have an issue on pit road or with our handling i might lead us down the wrong road after practice of a direction for the handling of the truck you just you just don't know that's why we race um is to see who can execute the best and um we dang sure have enjoyed it it was mine and nice motorsports first win al nice has built an incredible program and um you know, so I think they both had their differences. I've just, I have really taken this one in a lot more and just not knowing if you ever win. I, I, I'll show up to the track every race expecting to and, pre- and preparing to is the, honestly the, the biggest thing. Um, but, but you just don't know. Ross, you're one hell of a wheel, man. And there's going to be more to come. Promise, I promise you that. And I'm going to hand you over to Stephen Wilson. But, uh, Thanks again, brother, for taking time to come on the show. Congratulations on that truck series there with uh, Al Nice and Phil Go there, and uh, best of luck in the rest of the season. I'm going to hand you over, Stephen, brother. Appreciate you. Thank you, sir. I also appreciate you taking time to come on here tonight. Uh, I just want to expand upon something that you have uh, talked about a little bit off and on. Uh, you know, you've been a driver that has uh, come into this sport, and you've had – um, you know, opportunities that, you know, a lot of other drivers uh, have been yearning for trying to break into the sport. You've not always had the most top-tier car, but you've you've now got to a point in your career where where both Al Nice and Nice Motorsports and Chip Ganassi Racing and Colorado Racing and these other entities are, are, are building their brands up and building their cars. When you look back over your career over the last couple of years, what do you say to some of these drivers out there um, that are looking to break into the sport, but they don't necessarily have an opportunity to go fast tracked into the sport with a top tier series car like we've seen other drivers in their careers. I mean, I just don't see why people are not knocking down Johnny Davis's door. Uh, I showed up there after he called me in the. December of 2014 after I raced against his cars at Homestead in 2014 and he asked me if I'd come by the shop. Jeffrey wasn't coming back and wanted to see if I'd if I'd drive his car. He wanted to have me look at him and see what I thought. And I went by there the next week and, and we talked and basically made our minds up right then. We were going to go racing together. And, uh, the plan was to run through the West Coast swing and then come back in the next race. We were going to start and park. Um, we just, if we didn't find the sponsorship, we just start and park a few races, run a few, start, just kind of get through the rest of the year. Um, and I just wanted the seat time and we got back from California and we were ahead of Landon Castle in the points, uh, just through attrition in the races and catching some lucky cautions. And he said, well, we can't start and park, buddy. We got to, we got to race. And, and he's never made me start in park. It's been uh, an incredible experience together. This is year number five, and that's by far the longest I've ever been with a team and the longest he's ever had a full-time driver. And it, it really speaks volumes about the kind of person Johnny Davis is. And um, he's became uh, like a father figure to me, and 
and coached me through getting into the Cup Series. He pushed me to go run for Jay Robinson. Um, he was a little skeptical when the 42 car came about, but I, I told him I had to take it. I, I needed to go try, um, you know, to execute and win a race for somebody like Chip Ganassi Racing, and, and it all worked out. We won a race. We finished second at Richmond, and we, we had a shot to win at Darlington. I made a mistake in letting Harvick get close to me, um, but that's that's all part of, I guess, the learning that for some reason we got to go through as race car drivers and so different than any other job. So um, if I was a driver, I would be knocking down guys like Johnny Davis or Mario Goslin or Bobby Dodder. I would be at their shop just like I was five years ago, six, seven years ago, just trying to prove that I that I wanted it bad enough and that if they would give me an opportunity um, – we could build something together, and I've driven for for Bobby Dodder, and I've driven for Johnny and and, and Mark Smith as well, and uh, Kevin Zawinski, different truck teams along the way um, that really helped build me um, into the, a better race car driver. And I still have so far to go. Uh, I don't feel like I've ran a perfect race lap in any series yet, uh, in any any racing lap I've ever turned. I've, I could have done a little bit better. So um, I that's what you know, motivates me to keep going and run now the the longest uh, streak of NASCAR starts in the history of NASCAR uh, across all three major series. I've now broken the record this year, and that's I don't understand why more guys aren't doing it, but um, I'll carry the, the flag for for the little guys right now and, and keep trying to execute. You said something to the effect of after winning your first event in the Xfinity Series last year, that these wins don't come easy or as easy as you, you as some people think that they would. Um, just how hard is it to win in the top series of NASCAR today? I, I mean, I don't know anything different. All I know is since I showed up in 2011 at IRP, I realized after the first practice when I was about the slowest truck there that I it was going to be tough to ever win so um I I can't put into words honestly you just you see the effort that the team puts in and that I put in my team back in Florida my team in Charlotte and and just stuff doesn't go your way it's just not life's not fair and NASCAR dang sure ain't fair it's very humbling um and I think that's why I was so emotional after the race Friday night was just just I've been trying to do this for, I guess, eight, around eight years now in NASCAR and, and finally broke through and won one. And um, and it, it just meant so much to me that we were finally able to do it. And also with Al Neese getting his first truck series win, um, it was it was incredible. Going forward, this was number 28 and 29. You ran every single race this year. Um, I'm sure you've seen the, the people commenting on social media wondering if you're just some kind of robot that gets in a race car every single race and goes out there and outperforms some of these cars and trucks that you're getting in. As you look forward to the remaining season, and not just this year, but next year and the years to come, is this a platform in which you're going to continue running every single race that you can possibly get seat time in? Or do you feel that at some point that, that you're going to focus on all that energy 
on one particular series or another and run for a championship, um, you know, whether it be Cup or Trucks or Xfinity. Yeah, I definitely think one day that will change. You you can't you can't sustain this what what I've got going on. It's it's incredible. We've been able to do it now for two years in a row of full time Xfinity and Cup and now throwing in all the truck races this year is um the at track stuff, I mean Fridays are busy, don't get me wrong, but I wouldn't want to be doing anything else. I just grab some lunch when I can and, and just get in all the race cars. The hardest part is the the midweek. So I'm up in, in Buffalo, New York right now doing our Protect Your Melon campaign. Uh, you know, uh, last week I was down at our farm in South Florida with Nutrient Ag Solutions filming some stuff and, and showing them around our farm. And the week previous to that, I was in, in Delaware crossing the whole crisscrossing the whole state for the entire week, promoting our Protect Your Melon campaign in Delaware, doing the same thing we do in New York. And um, So I've had three weeks of just of nonstop travel. Um, so I'm looking forward to getting back to Charlotte for the next month or so and between each race, we've got two two weeks in Charlotte, and um, and then beyond that, traveling back there each week, and and just focusing on the race cars a little more. I've, I've we've made a big push here to kick off the spring and summer months to, with all of our, our all of our partners and sponsors. Um, but I, I need to get back and you know focus on the racing, um, the race cars, and make sure I'm staying up to date on what our race teams are doing and what Chevrolet is doing and what what we have coming down the pipeline and help build these programs to the next level. So, um, no, you can't sustain it forever, um, but I'm glad I'm doing it now, and I want to get this record as high as I can of until the the calendar just doesn't let me make a truck series race. We'll miss one coming up, I'm sure, at some point soon. And when that day comes and the record's done and we've set it, and uh, it's an amazing accomplishment. My team is incredible that, that are all behind the scenes that pushed me to – to the to the platform that I'm on, and, and I'm honored to be their driver. Well, so I appreciate you taking the time to come on here tonight to talk with us. Uh, I bet your win at Kansas this past year, this past weekend with Nice Motorsports, both your first truck series win and their first as an organization. Before we let you get out of here, let everybody know how they can follow you out on social media. Thank your sponsors, your car owners, anybody. The platform is yours. Thanks a lot, and congratulations on your win this past weekend. Yes, sir. Yeah, thank you. Well, everybody can, uh, I guess the easiest way now is my website. I I was recently informed that uh, I needed to revamp it. So we've got an all-new RossChastain.com. And uh, from there, you can find all the social media stuff. It's all, it's all just my name, just Ross Chastain. And find all the race teams and find out all about us. And they keep it pretty updated. And, and um, it's a neat deal. So, um, you know, we... we um, it's a it's a crazy world we live in, and uh, we're just trying to be use our sport uh, platform with NASCAR to uh, be be the highlight of of some people's day when they can take their mind off the real world and just look at some NASCAR stuff. Thanks a lot, Ross, and again, congratulations this past weekend. Yep, thanks, guys. Thanks, Ross. See you, brother. See you. Ross Chastain there, Stephen. Uh, he made up. He, you had posed a question to him about. Uh, some of our listeners probably don't know uh, the deal with uh, Chip Ganassi Racing last year. You know, you and I and your wife AM and my darling wife Suzanne, we were at Darlington, and uh, that was his first race in the 42 DC Solar deal there at um, at Darlington Raceway. And what Ross had mentioned was uh, him and Kevin Kevin Harvick had a little bit of. 
uh, I guess you would say, disagreement. But if that incident would have happened there, he would have won that race at Dodgson too, Stephen. Yeah, I believe he, he would have had it not for them two, uh, you know, getting into – yeah, they, they're bumping and banging, going down the back stretch, and eventually, you know, the tire went down and lost just the car, and it just, you know, just defeated his day. Um, you know, Kevin Harvick said something, to, you know, to the effect he was asked about Ross Chastain after the end of the race. He said, that guy will never win a race, and I'm just kind of wondering – what Kevin Harvick thinks today that now he's won an Xfinity race and a Truck Series race, um, and, and I'm sure you know again, you know a lot of these things are made in jest and they're made in frustration after a race. I'm sure Kevin Harvick didn't really mean it, um, you know, and I'm sure they've talked since then. So you know, uh, but I just think it's kind of funny. I wonder if he, you know, they joke when they talk about that sometimes and say, "I've won two races now," but you know. Um, you know, through no fault of his own, no fault through Chip Ganassi, either one of them. Um, both of them um, did everything that they could do, and unfortunately, the company, um, you know, had some legal issues, and had it not been for that, and I mean, it, it not only hurt Walsh just saying, but it also hurt um, Kyle Larson, too, um, because that was a, a sponsor, a primary sponsor for him at the same time on his Cup Series car. So, you know, as an organization, it hurt their organization as a whole. But, you know, Ross Chastain has been able to now work with Carlo Grayson, who is building better cars. Um, they're bringing on more support. They've got engineering and chassis now from Richard Childress Racing. Um, you know, they've got Al Neese, who's, uh, you know, they, when Al came into the sport, he started off like everybody else. Um, didn't have top series equipment, used, used equipment. Um, and this year, as the years have gone on, you know, Al Nice and Nice Motorsports are building better trucks. They're building their own chassis. They're getting Hendrick horsepower uh, underneath the hood. So, you know, they're they're doing the things to become a more competitive team overall. And we see Ross Chastain, even at JD Motorsports, you know, JD Motorsports is another one. I mean, they, uh, you know, we never think about them in the aspect of being a top-tier uh, top tier team in the Xfinity Series. But you look at some of the finishes that Ross Chastain has, he's outperforming that equipment. Uh, he had a 12th-place finish in the Xfinity Series at Dover just two weeks ago. Um, most people wouldn't think that J.D. Motorsports is capable of doing that. And that's a combination of both what J.D. Motorsports is doing with their cars and the driver that they're putting behind the wheel, because Ross Chastain is a, is, is a driver that's been able to stay out of trouble, run clean races. Um, he admits he makes mistakes. Every race car driver on that racetrack makes a mistake at some point, both in the race and through their career. So, you know, but he's been a fairly consistent driver week in and week out. And we see that. And we see in the, the truck series, particularly where in every single truck series event that he has run this year, he has finished inside the top 10 except for once, and that was an 11th place finish. So, I mean, it kind of just goes to what Walsh Chastain as a driver and what the teams are doing as an organization to be better on a week-in, week-out basis, to be more consistent and be more competitive. 
Steve, I want to throw this out there too. I've had a lot of uh, like instant messages and texts and everything talking about Ross, Ross Chastain winning that truck race there at, at Kansas, and everybody's asking me, is he going to run run for the championship in the trucks? I said, no, he can't. They said, well, he's got to win. Well, that don't matter. He declared running. You know, NASCAR started this deal a few years back that he had to declare which series. What whatever driver had to declare which series they wanted to run a championship in, and Ross Chastain declared that he was going to run for a championship in the Xfinity series. Now, where does that put that uh, 45 truck in Nice Motorsports? Does that put that truck in the in the chase with a different driver, or how does that work, Steve? So no, uh, that truck isn't automatically going to be entered into the. Uh into the championship because unfortunately they don't they don't have a driver um, that has won the race to to give them that spot. Um, they'll collect the the owners points and they're going to collect some other things at the end of the year. But overall, um, that truck it would be ineligible to run in the championship uh, later on this year. Um, because there's not a driver declared in that series that has put a win underneath of it. Okay. I was just wondering, because I had uh, had a lot of people ask me, and I didn't want to send back the wrong thing, but thank you very much for clarifying that. And, uh, Stephen, let's just, uh, since we've we've had Ross Chastain on, let's let's take a little quick break before we come back. We want to talk about Brad Keselowski winning. Uh, at Kansas this past weekend also. I think that's his third win, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. But let's take a little quick break, and we will be right back. Uh, I'm Tim Stain live in Talladega alongside SpeedwayDigest.com, Stephen Wilson. He's right outside of Richmond Raceway in the Commonwealth of Virginia. Number to call is 215-336-81. We'll be right back.
one night. With $1 million on the line. These all-stars aren't racing for titles. They're racing for cash. NASCAR Racing is back. The 35th NASCAR Monster Energy All-Star Race. Saturday night, May 18th. The All-Star Race experience includes free concerts by H.A.R. and Hairball. Tickets start at just $39 and kids' tickets are just $10. Experience it for yourself at Charlotte Motor Speedway. Get your tickets today. Call 800-455-FANS. This is NASCAR driver Brad Keselowski, and you're listening to the Pit Stop Radio. We're back live from Talladega, Alabama. I'm Tim Spain, alongside SpeedwayDigest.com, Mr. Stephen Wilson. Stephen, uh, Brad Keselowski got another win. You want to talk a little bit about that? Yes, third third win of the year uh, for Brad Keselowski, putting him on par with Kyle Busch, who also has three wins this year. Um, you know, Penske Motorsports has, you know, seemed to figure this thing out on the Ford, on, on the Ford side. Um, you know, we, we, Kevin Harvick, he led a majority of that race uh, Saturday night and was just unable in, you know, dirty air um, to be able to regain and uh, make the passes needed to, you know, on those final stops to be able to go out there and win. But, you know, something that Penske has figured out this year for Ford and, you know, um, we're we're seeing them perform very well. Um, our other team that's performing fairly well is Kyle Busch and uh, um, Danny Hamlin, who combined for five wins this year for Joe Gibbs Racing. So, um, you know, those those two teams right there account for a majority of the wins. But, um, you know, for Kozlowski, you know, this solidifies um, you know, just what Penske Racing can continue to do throughout the rest of the year. And sometimes test a little bit with these cars um, now that they're, yeah, I mean, they've been locked in anyways, but, you know, the more points that they can gain, um, the the better off and the better position that they'll be later on this year. But, you know, gives them an opportunity now um, to start going into, like, the All-Star Race this weekend and some other races throughout the year and, did a little bit of testing that um, other teams don't have the luxury of doing um, just by virtue of the fact that, you know, they haven't won or they're close, you know, above or below that little cutoff line back in 16th place. Maybe they're running 13, 14th or whatever the case may be. Um, and they've got to go out there and they've got to race for points. They've got to race for wins. And, uh, you know, Frank Kozlowski and that team um, are not in that position. They get a little bit of, they get a little bit of time because some of the racetracks are, going to resurface back uh, later on this year in the, in, in the playoffs. So, uh, you know, they, they went to bed your lane. It's a great asset, and uh, good for them. You got that right. Saturday night, uh, no points, nothing. I mean, you know, it's just uh, I'm going to kick your ass, you're going to kick my ass, one or two. <laughs> anyway, I had to throw out out there. Yeah, records are, uh, records, records are checkers. Records or checkers, and what's that you always say? Use the chrome bumper, right? Well, that's right. You're going to put the chrome bumper to somebody. I mean, the chrome horn. We're going to put the chrome horn to somebody. That's right. Chrome horn. Sorry about that. Stephen, let's listen to a little bit about what Brad Keselowski and uh, Paul Wolf had to say in the media center after they won the uh, the cup race there at, uh, at Kansas Speedway. We are now joined by the winner of tonight's Digital Ally 400, driver of the number two Worth Ford, 
Brad Keselowski and Crew Chief Paul Wolf. If you have a question, please raise your hand. We'll bring you a microphone. Please state your name and affiliation before the question. We'll go Brian and Lee. Briar Starr with Speedway Media. Brad, I think at some point this season you said that Kansas would kind of determine on where this package would fit. So uh, how, how would you, like, the, how, like, happy are you with the package? And then, like, where do you think it will go for the rest of the season? Well, it's hard to say. Uh, I'm sorry, I never heard your name. There's a fan running. I can't hear hardly anything. Uh, Briar Starr with Speedway Media. Uh, well, Briar, I think, um, you know, it's, it's hard to say where it'll go, but, you know, I, I feel like the season breaks down into thirds, and maybe I've, I'm repeating myself to, to some of the people in the room, but, uh, you know, you have your first third, your second third, and then, of course, the, the final part with the playoffs. And uh, with that in mind, Kansas is kind of like, to me, a break point between the end of the first third of the season and the beginning of the, the middle, middle stretch. And uh, I think we really see uh, kind of things kind of settle out by then. You know, the West Coast swing at the start of the season, there's a lot of comes and goes, and trying to understand the rules and the new uh, and all the engineering behind it uh, is a little bit tough. But uh, when we get to this part of the season, I think uh, you really have to shine because this is what you've got. Um, so it's nice to be able to win uh, right right here today. And, and, of course, it's always nice to win. But uh, in light of, of those thoughts uh, or beliefs, I guess, uh, it's a good sign for us for sure. So Lee, Bob, and then Jeff. <clears throat> Lee, I think it's – there we go. Coming at you. Nick with the assist. Yeah. Thank you. Lee Spencer, RacingBoys.com. I'm just kind of curious where you came from because you started fourth, but then you guys dropped back, and you were like in attack mode over those last 26 laps. And uh, was the car set up – I guess, you know, Paul even, was the car set up for night? And, you know, can you talk about that restart where you got like seven spots in, in five laps? Yeah, I was – Pretty cool, <laughs> um, but no, I think Paul and the team they made some great adjustments to the car. I, I was struggling a little bit before that, and with about 100 laps to go, roughly, the, the car really started to come together. Uh, before that, I felt like I was kind of hanging on in that 10th to 15th place range, and uh, we just worked on the car, or the team worked on the car. I sat in the driver's seat and watched, um, but uh, they got it dialed in where it needed to be, and, and then I was able to be aggressive and make moves. Uh, so uh, kudos to them. Uh, it was a tough night. I mean, we were we were off quite a bit to start the race, and um, I think to Brad's point, you know, we're, we're far enough along in the season now where it seems like a lot of guys are starting to figure out where they want to be. You know, we we won some races early in the season, and I think the the mile and a half early in the year we were pretty strong. I think all the Penske cars were, but you know now you look and the Stuart Haas cars and the Hendrick cars are really strong. So um, it's a lot none of these races are easy to win by any means, but um, it's tough right now. Tonight was a tough night, and um, you weren't going to get away with a car that was off a little bit, and that's where we were at the start of the race. Um, our balance wasn't right. We couldn't keep the throttle down, and um, we worked hard. It, it took a while. The car wasn't responding uh, early on, and um, like Brad said, I think after the uh, second stage or the final 100 laps, we finally got it tight enough. Um, where we were able to put some good laps together, and then, and then it's just working the draft and all those things on the restarts, which we were able to do really well at the end. Bob, uh, Bob Parker's Fox Sports. Um, 
I know there was some craziness that kind of jumbled the lineup, but there were seven Chevys in the top ten. Uh, do you view them as having improved at all, and do you see them as maybe a more of a factor as far as teams and yeah, I mean, teams I, to beat? The 88 the last two weeks has looked very, very strong. Um, he, he looked, when I was behind him here today, very, very strong. Um, I think uh, they're definitely starting to hit their stride for sure, and we can't let our guard down. Go Jeff, Nick, Jerry. Um, when you're chasing Bowman down like that, um, is it any different with this package than it would be in like a more traditional package? Like is the mentality the same, or are you having to try to force him into a mistake more? Like how does that go? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it feels different in some ways, and it, it feels, Jeff, the same in others. Um, you know, I, I think I ran the last 20 or 30 laps wide open, and in a lot of ways that's frustrating because – it, you know, it felt like before, at least when you were lifting, like there was something you could maybe do different. <laughs> but when you're running wide open behind somebody and you can't make the pass, you're like, <laughs> uh, so that it, it's frustrating. But uh, on the other side, it, it actually is just a touch easier to pass in some ways too, uh, because the draft helps pull you back to somebody and, and all those things. So um, it's just different. I don't know if there's a, a right or a wrong. I, you know, I felt like going into this race that um, this would be a, a good, uh, you know, especially with it being a night race and being cool temps, this would be a, a strong showing for these rules and uh, for the ability to pass and do those things. And I, and I, I obviously, I'm a little biased because I won the race, but I felt like it was. I, I feel like you saw the cars run closer than they probably ever have here um, and saw some pretty good battles throughout the, the day. Um, and that's definitely because of the rules package. It's ha it has its strengths and weaknesses, and if there's going to be a strength, it's going to be races like this, and, and I, I feel like it delivered. Nick? Nick Brownberg, Yahoo Sports. Given the racing that happened over the last 40 laps after the restarts, it sure feels like at some point at the end of the season, before the end of the season's over, someone's going to get wrecked throwing a block near the front of the field. Has sure. the conversation surrounding blocks changed in terms of how you view blocking someone on the racetrack, and is that going to be simply how it is going forward? Well, I think, Nick, that it's, it's the word block gets uh, maybe used sometimes fairly, sometimes unfairly. I, I always feel like a block is when you move down in front of somebody who has a, a run that's fast enough to pass you. Um, I don't think of blocking when you're switching lanes in front of a car that's slightly faster in order to, to get the draft off of them. Because you can get a draft being in front of someone just like you can get a draft being behind someone. Um, but it, it's hard because it, much like uh, in your passenger car, you're making those judgments in split seconds and you're using a mirror to do it, which naturally uh, doesn't give you great vision, uh, distorts your vision. Uh, and so when you make those moves, you don't always know if you're uh, making it uh, as a draft or if you're making it as a block. Um, but you have to make it. Um, if you don't, you're just going to easily get past. So, yeah, you're going to see some wrecks like that. That's just part and parcel with these kinds of rules and uh, another added challenge. Jerry? Jerry Jordan, kickingthetires.net. Uh, this being your third one on the season, is this where you thought you'd be, where you expected to be as far as uh, in the rankings so far? Uh, I don't really probably put it that way. I'm, I'm happy to have three wins at this point in the season. Uh, I'd be happier to have four. <laughs> um, you know, I just want to make the most out of each and every weekend, each and every opportunity, and the, the chips will fall where they fall from there. 
when you were, when you're on the track like that, it, it's crazy as it was from your position behind the wheel. What was going through your head in, in those closing laps? And, and like you said, you passed both, and you you, you made just trying to, to create an opportunity and capitalize on it. And uh, I had a little run on Alex entering turn one, and, and he, he he moved down to, to cover it. And when he did so, I, he was just slightly out of balance, and I was able to, to pounce. Um, you know, it feels a little bit like uh, watching a football game and watching somebody like a corner versus a wide receiver and watching them kind of work each other. It felt a lot like that to me, at least in my mind. And you're just trying to get him off balance and cut and go the other direction and, and get away from him. Um, and, and that's what we were able to do. We'll go to Pat, Nick, and then up. David, that was Brad Keselowski there in the Mid Center in Kansas after he won the uh, Cup race there, and uh, Jerry Jordan posed the question there too about the Chevrolets. I mean, you know, Chase Elliott won here at Talladega, but it seems like the Fords and the Chevrolets have—I don't know—I mean, not 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 the Chevrolets. The Fords and the Toyotas are up something on the Chevrolets. Uh, what's your take on that, brother? Well, I think Chevrolet just continues to struggle. Um, you know, ever since they've moved over to the Camaro package, um, we we naturally feel or we naturally think and we naturally see um, manufacturers that, that change over to a new body that typically struggle for at least a good half to almost a whole season while they acquire data. Um you know, Toyota had the similar problems when they brought the Camry in, and now they're getting ready to change over to the Supers. Um, when Ford brought the Fusion in, they had the same problems. Um, the only one that, you know, we've really seen be able to capitalize on this is it seems like the Fords. Um, you know, they've been running the Mustang in the Xfinity Series for a couple of years, and we thought that by coming over to the Mustangs this year, that, you know, they would be in a similar struggling spot as Chevrolet has been um, while they acquired the data. And it doesn't look like that. It looks like that they, they where they finished last year with the Fusion, um, they're doing the same thing this year. They, they're strong this year, and they're, they're running more competitively. Um, I think Chevrolet is running, beginning to run more competitively, but I still think that they're behind. Uh, both Ford and Chevrolet at this time, and they have a lot of groundwork um, to to get back up to um, the Fords and the Chevrolets. And we've seen, um, you know, we've seen Hendrick Motorsports struggle. Uh, Alex Bowman, he's been second the last couple of weeks. He led some some points of Kansas this week. Um, you know, it's same sort of situation at uh, uh, Dover the week before. He finished second there. Um, you know, William Byron and um, the others at, 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 at not Jiggas, but Tendrick Motorsports have, uh, you know, they've struggled for, you know, a season or so. Um, Jimmy Johnson, it, you know, has been the test car for them this year. They've been trying some new things, and, they, and you know, that's why they're, we don't see them running up front. Um, but, you know, that doesn't account for some of the other drivers in the Chevrolet camp. Um I just think that they're struggling at this point, and uh, it, it eventually it'll get to a point where they, you know, this is this was a sport where the ebbs and flows come all the time, and you know, Chevrolet at this point is kind of in that, you know, transitional period. 
And let's, they could be later this year. They could be the strongest competitors out there, and Ford could be dead last, or you know whatever the case. Chevrolet, I mean, Toyota could be dead last. Um, they may go through stretches where Chevrolet wins three or four or five races in a row, and you know the closest Ford or Toyota is maybe sixth or seventh in the running order. So you know, are they getting more competitively? Yes. Are they still struggling? Yes. I think they're getting better both at the same time. But they're still well behind both Toyota and Ford at this point. But I do look for them to become more competitive as the season goes on. And I think that showed this past weekend because I think somebody may mention the fact there were six Chevrolet in the top ten finishing order or something like that, whatever it was. Um, I think that just shows where they're starting to make these changes and they're starting to overcome some of those challenges uh, of the Camaro and some of the things that they've had, been having to work through. And, and you know, for Chevrolet, the, the hard part for them is, is that they came, they brought a new body in, they were already struggling to begin with, and then NASCAR switched the package over, which then, you know, that totally takes away all the data that they acquired last year. So it's almost kind of like starting all over again. You're having to reacquire data uh, once again on setups and things like that, and some of the notes that you may have compiled from 2018 don't necessarily work this year because you take a look at Talladega, for example, um, no more restricted plates there. They went with tapered spacers. Um, you know, so, you know, there's all kinds of things that I think that are playing into this, and I think they're working on it because I'm sure that Chevrolet wants to be back up at the top um, just as they, we've seen them with, with the likes of Jeff Gordon and the Tony Stewart and the Jimmy Johnsons over the years. And, Stephen, we're going into the uh, 2019 All-Star Race at Charlotte Motor Speedway. There's been discussion about moving it to other tracks, but uh, can you, can you, do you have the information on the uh, on the uh, rules and everything that that, that they're going to do for the open, and then let everybody know about who all has qualified for the. I don't want to put you on the spot. Uh, the 2019 race winners that have qualified for the All Star Race at Charlotte Motor Speedway. They're in. We're going to run the open this Saturday night. Can you can you let let I think the rules changed a little bit. Can you let everyone know exactly how everything's going to go Saturday night, plus the fan vote and who you think you might get voted in as a fan vote? Um, well, the open format, well, anybody in the All-Star is going to be um, 2018-2019 series race winners, previous All-Star winners, uh, the open winners and fans and um, the Open is going to be anybody that's not already currently in. Uh, 20 laps, 20 laps, and 10 laps. The winners of each segment are going to go on into to go into the All-Star race. There will also be a fan vote, uh, which will be your fourth and final one, transferring over who that's going to be. I, I don't know. Pick somebody out of a hat, to be honest with you. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say Alex Bowman. I think he's probably got the best shot um, to, uh, to, to get in. And I may be surprised, but uh, I'm just going to shoot for Alex Bowman at this point. Um, NASCAR has changed rules for, for this race. They're going to go with the radiators. Um, they're going to go with radiator ducks on these these cars, um, which are going to be placed in the um, right under under the grill. It's going to be near the grill area, and then it's going to come out of the top of the hood. It's supposed to create more downforce within the front portion of the car. Um, and, and, and as far as the all-star format is concerned, it's four segments, 30, 20, 20, and 15. This year, there's no more mandatory pit stops. 
um, like we've seen in the past, um, where we've seen in the final segment somebody's going to make a pit stop. Although um, uh, All-Star Series qualifying, that is going to have a uh, mandatory uh, pit stop. For, for the All-Star race, it's a three-lap segment, three laps, three laps of uh, qualifying, mandatory pit stop, no speed limit on pit road. Um, I think maybe they changed that. I'm trying. I'm trying to remember if they changed that or not. Um, but there, but there is going to be qualifying for that. That's going to take place on Friday night at seven o'clock. And just prior to that, the open um, qualifying, and it's going to be NASCAR uh, qualifying rules: uh, single car, one lap. Uh, single car, one lap. Uh, two. Uh, no. <laughs> Single vehicle, two rounds, one lap in each. I'm trying to put this together, and I'm not doing so well. Um, then I'll, I'll You're doing great, brother. Friday. You're doing great. <laughs> and then on Friday night, 8.30, NASCAR uh, Gander Outdoor Truck Series, NC Lottery, 234 laps, 201 miles for that. The, also, the Open will take place at 6 o'clock. Um, with the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series All-Star Race from Charlotte approximately 8 p.m. on Saturday. Um, so two full days of racing out there at Charlotte Motor Speedway this weekend. And before we jump out of here, I want to let everyone know uh, I will be in Austin, Texas next Tuesday evening for our business event, uh, our business, whatever you call it, there with my with my work. And uh Stephen Russell Brandon has agreed to come on, so we're going to try to do everything. Uh, I'll try to, I'll try to host it from the hotel in Austin, and Suzanne's going to be here with the uh, phone deal. I just want to let everyone know that. And uh, I want to again say uh, to the NASCAR family that we lost my good friend Roger Haynes. If in, if anybody's listening now, he's the uh, he was the big rig driver there for. Uh, Tyler Duga Super Speedway for John Ray in the John Ray trucking deal there that had the American flag on it and uh he's been a he's been a good friend to me, Stephen. He's uh helped me out through Russell, helped us out through all the media stuff that we've had to accomplish. And I wanna let everyone know about that and I wanna let everyone know again that we're that our thoughts and prayers are with them. And our thoughts and prayers are with Mike Mittler and his family. And uh, like I said, I'm going to – we got Russell Brenham next Tuesday. And, Stephen, I'll get with you later on how we're going to try to work, work work this out from the hotel there in, uh, in Austin. But, uh, again, I want to thank Ross Chastain for coming on. Nice Motorsports, congratulations to Ross Chastain for winning his first truck series race, but not his first race win because he won – in the Xfinity series, Steve. Uh, Xfinity series. But, Stephen, if there's anybody you want to thank, uh, let everyone know before they can follow you on social media and your website, brother, you got the floor. Everybody can follow us on Speedway Digest on Twitter, Facebook, Technical, Force, Speedway Digest, and SpeedwayDigest.com. Uh, we got Matthew Jackson, who's going to be there this weekend, covering the uh, All-Star race as well as the uh, NC Lottery 200 from Charlotte, Stephen, thank you very much. I want to thank your darling wife, A.M. She keeps us up to date on uh, PR stuff. I want to thank my darling wife, Suzanne, for handling the phone lines. And again, 
Stephen, uh, I will talk to you before I go to Austin, Texas. We're going to get that radio deal set up, and we're going to have Russell Brandemar talking about the new transformation phase two here at Talladega, the new infield project. But, again, I want to thank Ross Chastain, Stephen, I want to thank you and everybody else. And we will talk to you next Tuesday evening. Uh, and I'm going to say I'm not going to be live from Dega. I'm going to be live from Austin, Texas. But, Stephen, thank you very much, brother, and thanks to everyone that has listened. And we will talk to you next Tuesday evening. Until then, good night.
Matt DiBenedetto, driver of the number 95 Procore Toyota Camry, and you're listening to The Pit Stop with Tim Despain. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.